0: Welcome to More Than A Few Words, a marketing conversation for business owners. MTFW is a production of Round Peg, where we believe that marketing strategy should be delivered in plain English. This is Lorraine Ball. And Allison Carter. And today we're going to talk about closing. Coffee is for closers? Coffee is for closers. Um, In that movie, you were rewarded if you closed a sale. You got a cup of coffee. And you didn't get fired. And you didn't get fired. As a business owner, your reward for all of your marketing and all of your sales activity is when the customer allows you to send them an invoice for services rendered. Mm -hmm. And you only get to do that when you close the sale. And we do like sending invoices. Almost as much as we like getting checks. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But that is the life not just of small business, but really any size business. Mm -hmm. And so at the heart of that entire conversation is What sales trainers often call the art of the clothes.
1: I've never been through sales training. What is the art of the clothes?
0: The art of the clothes is usually a very scripted process where you lead a customer down a path where they can't say no to you. To me, it's a little slimy and it kind of sounds like, I don't know,
1: leading a cow to the slaughterhouse or something.
0: Absolutely. And I think today's consumers, both B2B and B2C, are getting wise to closing techniques.
1: Yeah, I think that everyone, you know, even if they, they've never been through sales training or they've never seen Glenberry Glen Ross, they kind of understand,
0: they can tell when
1: they're being sold. And people don't like that. They want to reach the conclusion to buy something
0: on their own, as if it were their own idea. But, and here's the, the perspective as a business owner, my closing rate is important. It's important to know that if I make 10 presentations, Mm -hmm. I'm gonna close 25% or 50% of them. And so it's important that I treat the sales process as a process and that I pay attention to the results. But I've gotta figure out a way to move customers through a process so they don't feel Mm -hmm. like they've lost control. So that they feel Mm -hmm. like in every step of the way, they had choices and were managing that process. It's like letting the cow wander through a green
1: meadow on its own instead of dragging it by the nose to the slaughterhouse.
0: Absolutely. I'm still having steak for dinner. <laughs> <laughs> this, this metaphor's gone off the rails, but... Uh,
1: <laughs> at any rate, one of the ways that people are doing that is what with content marketing,
0: that buzzword again. Absolutely. And in a way, I don't want to say that content marketing is replacing the referral, because there's mm-hmm. nothing... There's nothing better than someone saying to a prospect, you know, you need to call round Mm -hmm. That's worth its weight in gold. But content marketing allows you to do a lot of those same things in terms of preparing a customer for a sales conversation. So let's, let's take a step back. When we talk about content
1: marketing, people will say, oh, you need blogs, you need emails, you need this, that, and the other. Those are the tactics. Those are the things that we do to accomplish content marketing. But when you drill down to what content marketing really is, it is helping a customer reach a buying decision without overtly selling them.
0: Absolutely. And I think there are several key elements to that. The first is you're helping the customer. The second piece is it is about reaching a buying decision. And I think that a lot of times people get lost they spend so much time helping their customers that they forget that part of the reason they're creating the content is to get the customer to buy. The, to buy. And the other mistake that companies make is they sell too hard. Mm-hmm. So really in that one sentence mm-hmm. is a balance beam. You've got to help the customers, but you can't push too hard. Mm-hmm. And somewhere when you find that perfect balance, you get a sale.
1: Yeah, I mean, doesn't that just sound super easy? But it's not actually that hard. What happens is when you present great information that that seems unbiased, of course nothing in this world actually is unbiased, but for instance, a lot of times with some, with some customers, you want them to weed themselves out. You know that they are, you, you can provide information that helps them determine you are my customer, you are not my customer, so in many cases, Uh, I remember there's a big case study, and I can't recall the name, about some people who sell pools out back east, do you know what I'm talking about? They sell in-ground pools, but then they would also offer information on above-ground pools even though they didn't sell them. Why? Because people who want an in-ground pool and an above-ground pool, they both want to swim, But if you have a certain kind of property, you can't have an in-ground pool. If you don't want to spend many, many thousand dollars, you can't have an in-ground pool. So by weeding those people out and sending them to someone who can really help them and address their needs, they save time for their salespeople. Absolutely.
0: Because that is an important part of this process. Good content marketing will get a few people to put their hand up and Mm -hmm. say, hey, let's have a conversation. I'm going to give you an example, and this is from, they are a, a chemical company. This is not a sexy industry. This is not a, um, an industry with a lot of pictures and, and a lot of Facebook friends. <laughs> but in this industry, there is a respect for knowledge and information. Mm-hmm. And so we got this company, they're blogging. Mm-hmm. Their salespeople and their engineers are blogging. We help them pull a little bit of content for a newsletter. And lo and behold, the newsletter goes out and it goes out to 2,000 people. Mm -hmm. Maybe 250, open it. Mm -hmm. Maybe 50, if you're lucky. Maybe 20, click through to the, the article on the website for more information. Half a dozen download information and five actually put their hand up and called or sent an email and said, I want to know more. Well, 5 that doesn't
1: sound like very many at
0: all. In their industry, one of those customers will pay our fee for years to come if they make
1: that sale. Right, so when you're thinking about this kind of content marketing, you've really got to pin down something that we harp on all the time. What is a customer worth? If you're selling five dollar foot long to with Subway, getting only five people to respond to your ad is really, really crappy. However, if you are a chemical company or some other kind of company that deals in uh, fewer, very, very large per, uh, uh, sales or clients or something like that, five could be
0: all you need for the year. Absolutely. Um, for us, if we get ten new customers a month with our ongoing mix of you know people coming in and out, if we get 10 new customers a month. That's a great month for us. Mm -hmm. And so when I look at our stream, 4,000 people get the email. Five or 600, open it. 50, click through. People fall into several categories. Some people send me an email and say, great job. One or two people send me a note that says, hey, I want to talk about this. And some people download more information. So you're prompting them to take another step, which is not quite saying I'm ready to buy yet, but it's certainly them pricking up their little ears. And so now I've got this group of people who aren't quite ready to buy, Mm -hmm. but they've said they're interested. Now I can send them more information, focused information, invite them to a seminar, send them another white paper, pick up the telephone and say, hey, I noticed that you downloaded this. Do you have any questions? Still not in sales mode. Yeah, and it's important to know that
1: when you call them, what you say is not, you're ready to buy it, you're ready to redesign your website because, God, it's ugly as sin. What you're saying is instead, how can I answer your questions? How can I provide you with more information? And some people really worry about providing information. They're afraid that people will do it yourself. But I've often found that's not the case at
0: all. People that want to do it themselves will do it themselves. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. Honestly, there are 35,000 companies in Indianapolis and in the surrounding counties that fit a certain demographic. Oh my God, if they all wanted us to help them... We would actually cry. We would cry, yeah. I want 200 of them Mm -hmm. to call us in the course of a year, Mm -hmm. but do I gain reputation Mm -hmm. and referrals... If another five or six hundred learn something, get something of value, get an email or a white paper, and then send it on to someone else. Well, there's that. And I also
1: find that, you know, people like it when you show them how the sausage is made. It makes them feel in control. But it also makes them say, my God, to make the sausage, I have to start with killing the pig. Forgive me, am I like hungry for meat or something? You're, you're I don't know. It's real. Going. Lunch today. I did have lunch. I don't know what the deal is, but you know, you have to start by when you show all of the steps, then sometimes they say, That's a lot of steps. I don't want to do all those steps. Will
0: you do those steps for me? And the answer is, of course, yes. And the answer might also be, Well, I'll help you do some of them. Or I will teach you mm-hmm. for a fee how to do these things on your own. The point with content marketing and I focus a lot on email and blog posts, but it can be video, it can be pictures, it can be anything that helps answer questions that prospective customers have.
1: And that's really what it boils down to. When you strip everything else away, content marketing answers questions. And those questions lead them insistently, but like an invisible
0: hand in the economy, leads them where you want them. And so. Let's take maybe a conversation about some specific examples because I think, I think we've had some fun doing some creative and different content
1: marketing in different industries. I think that one of my favorites and one that I know has been very successful is with our client who, uh, Randall Beans, they're a packaged uh, bean company, they're the beans in the glass jars. What we did for them is we actually developed seasonally-based cookbooks for them that people can download for free from their website. So, for instance, we're going to put one up here in a couple of weeks that's chili recipes because we're coming into fall and tailgating season and chili time. And so people have to exchange their email in order to get that. And then they get even more great recipe ideas, which they've already indicated that they want, in the
0: email newsletter and they get a coupon to buy the product in the store. So we kind of close the cycle with people who clearly are interested. Now are there people who
1: will download that cookbook and then make the recipes with Bush's beans? Sure there are, but there's been another impression for them and we get the chance to come back week after week and improve the chance that next time they'll look at the bottom aisle for the beans in the glass jars instead of the regular old canned beans.
0: The other thing with that whole process is we collect recipes on their blog all year long Mm -hmm. every week we put a few different recipes up and so when it's time to build a cookbook we're not scrambling Mm -hmm. we're simply searching the archive for popular recipes that fit the theme of the cookbook right and you might be saying but those you know that's already out there people could just already
1: search for that well right but even if you do a category search we're finding the very best chili recipes the very best salad recipes the ones that we know from our experience from looking at the analytics from looking at what people request and comment on we know what's most popular and what people like so we're able to curate that into a best of list for
0: them and have them all in one place and they can print it out and stick it in their cookbook in the age of information we are absolutely inundated with information and While sometimes when I have the time, I want to browse and look and curate for myself. Sometimes I just want someone to say, see, this, this is the best. Whether I'm looking for a recipe or a toy or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I just want someone to say, pick this one and move on. Exactly. And so your content, you, you can do that for... Frequent visitors and first time visitors.
1: Yeah, you're, you're really doing them a service. You're making it more convenient for them to find the things that are most likely to interest them.
0: Again, helping them, but also helping them make a sale or make a purchase because now they they know how to use your product.
1: Right, and of course, uh, in the case of a download, your name is all over every page of
0: a handy little background reminder. You know, These podcasts, and we've been doing them in different forms on and off for several years. And we give away a lot of information, a lot of our best tips. Why? Because people listen to the information and from time to time call us with a question. Yeah, and so... We don't feel like we're giving anything away for
1: free. We really hope that people find... I think we both genuinely hope that people find this useful and find things that they can apply. But, of course, we can't get specific to their business in a context like this, unless anyone else out there happens to be in the bean industry. <laughs> which case, you know all our secrets. Well, not all of them.
0: <laughs> Bottom line, as you're looking at your business... What are the questions that your customers are asking you? That's where you start to go for content. Should you be afraid of sharing it for free? No, because people will still, the best, will still come and pay for Mm -hmm. the things that, that you do. And the others, they were never your customers anyway. Absolutely. Just be sure that you have a sales process that when people move through the content, and you finally get in front of them, you have a way to close that sale. i leave that to you. I'm not allowed to talk to prospects. (laughs) We hope that you found today's conversation on content marketing interesting. If you'd like more information, the best place to start is our blog at roundpeg.biz. You'll always find conversations about social media, marketing, graphic design, web design, and business development. And you bananas too. Chiquita Bananas, if you look for a post on branding. This has been another episode of More Than a Few Words. Thanks for listening.